Everybody has something that they know they're supposed to do, but they just don't. I know I should be eating salad instead of having pizza for two meals every single day. I know I should be watching Die Hard instead of secretly loving the Gilmore Girls. And like any marketer, I know that I should be on the phone more with customers and prospects. I'm not. But this is not my marketing confessional. It's Marketers and Capes. I'm Aton Buckman, and today, between bites of pizza, I am diving deep into the Rosetta Stone between users and developers. So buckle up. We're going to talk what product marketers actually do, the role of building and listening to communities, and one thing that grew freemium to paid conversions by 67% for a company. But first, our caped marketer. Hi, my name is Josh Sloan. I'm the product marketer at Gist, which is a marketing and growth platform that has nine tools that marketing and support tools or marketing and support teams need uh, to run their business. I've been a content marketer and product marketer for about nine years, and I focus on automation and sales. So there are more approaches to product marketing than episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, but it's always fun to hear one just say what it is that they do. So I, I would say that a product marketer's job is to help everyone involved with a product to have success. Yeah, it's a pretty broad description. The best way I like to think about this is an interface between where the product hits the people. So if I'm hearing things from users about different features they want or different functionality of the, the application, I can communicate to the, to the dev team what that would mean. Or even if I'm using the product and I see something that I think the users would enjoy, I can communicate that to the, the dev team. It also means helping the support team support our users by creating content or walkthroughs and tutorials that, that show how the product is actually used. And then, of course, it, it comes down to helping the users find success with the product until they grow into successful customers who are actually sharing your product with their colleagues. Most marketers are in their comfort zone, slurping down Jamba Juice and listening to dashboard confessionals from behind the safety of a keyboard and a screen. But for Josh, it's actually about getting in front of the users to drive that success. Every Friday, I do a Facebook Live video specifically for our closed community of GIST users. People say they look forward to Fridays, and that's really one of the biggest kind of hang-your-hat-on successes that I've had is to see people who listen to me for 10 minutes every Friday, and then they can then turn around and use GIST just like that and find success in their own business. No, this is not just a broadcast. It's a two-way street. While GIST has a ton of ideas to drive forward their product ecosystem, they rely very, very heavily on their user base to drive development. And of course, this surfaces through the product marketers. But a great deal of the smaller features come from the ideas of, from the community. For instance, we have a chatbot creator. And for the longest time, people wanted to be able to augment the look of the chatbot icon uh, to change the colors and things like that. And that wasn't something that we initially had the idea for. We just put a you know, one kind of bot image, and then we didn't really make it too editable. But since then, we've, you know, changed it to where you can augment that the look of that chatbot several different ways and choose colors based on community feedback. And we actually have a huge feedback um, part of GIST. It's ideas.getgist.com. And you can submit ideas and they can be upvoted uh, as well to kind of get the attention of the dev team even quicker. And it's all fine and well for building the product, but most people get stuck earlier up in the funnel on acquisition, which is another place that really getting your user matters. 
by getting on top of this, GIST was able to improve their conversion to paid trials by nearly 70%. And it came down to two things, super tight segmentation and really, really impeccable onboarding. Let's talk segmentation first. One other thing that we we do is actually separate incoming trial users by their vertical or their industry type. So we've tried to sort everyone into one of seven verticals. One would be like marketing agencies. Another would be software and SaaS products. Another would be home services. So like plumbers and electricians and then publishers that would be like bloggers in general, authors, public speakers. And we've, and of course, e-commerce as well. We have seven different verticals and then we've actually created content surrounding how each of those verticals would best use GIST. So for a home services company, if you're a plumber, you're not necessarily interested in a knowledge base, which we have a knowledge base creator, but you are interested in the fact that we have a meeting scheduler tool, email automation, and live chat. Based on personal experience, I can promise that that segmentation is hard. Users want to use their product. They don't want to fill out 20-page surveys, right? So how can you bucket them? Be really, really clear. Through the onboarding, there's a um, question that just asks which best describes your business. And then, so a home services company may not understand themselves as that. So if a plumber looks and, you know, they, they do offer services to the home, but they might, you know, not know that they're a home services company. So we put, you know, home services like a plumber or electrician to kind of give them an idea of, you know, whether or not they would fit into that or consumer services, which would be like a, a salon or, or spa kind of, uh, or barber. And so we kind of put those those uh, qualifying words beside it so they do actually self-enter um, themselves into that funnel. So what about getting them to convert once you know who they are? For GIST, that's where behavioral emails were the trick. We have a 21-day free trial, and one of our North Star metrics is trial to paid. So by the end of the 21-day free, uh, free trial, instead of users slipping into our free version of our product, we want to get a, a paid account. So that's where our onboarding is focused. And that's where we try to um, do the split testing to get more people uh, from trial to paid. And actually, just this past week, we uh, calculated it up. And it, and it seems since we've started our new onboarding process, our trial to paid is actually 67%, which is, which is uh, we were kind of floored by that. It took a brand new email flow. Behavioral emails. So not just, you have a 21-day free trial. So they sign up for a trial. Two days later, you say, hey, you know, hope you're liking it. A week later, say, you know, you have two weeks left. Another week, you know, you only have seven days of your trial. That's, a, that's more of a time-based uh, funnel. What we do, in addition to that, we do have that, you know, hey, your trial ends in three days. We, we have those. But what we also have is emails based on behaviors that users are doing or even not doing. So in, in particular, one of our uh, best emails is we notice that you haven't downloaded the gist app yet so we send that email out if they haven't downloaded the gist app within um you know say 72 hours of actually signing up for a free trial of gist and then they can log into their phone and handle live chat conversations they can handle support requests and and things like that right from their phone which kind of gives them that aha moment uh, about what gist is so remember before we talked about josh getting feedback from his facebook community that's not a given that doesn't just happen the way just brought that to life was with Kimberly. I will actually give credit to our Facebook community manager, Kimberly. Uh, she has been awesome. She's a social media expert. And she she was awesome. I mean, basically, it came down to 
interaction. It wasn't just asking people to join because I think a lot of people will join if you just request it. And that's part of the, the equation is you have to actually ask them to join. But really, then it's it's communicating with them, interacting with them when they have a question, answering it as fast as possible. And then, you know, striking the conversation up at certain times to get them to to want to talk to you. So really, it comes down. Our community manager, Kimberly, is, is excellent at that. She chooses uh, the right things to say that get people involved. And uh, it, it's it's hard work. Uh, you have to actually you can't just start a community and expect people to talk to one another. You have to be there to engage and, and have that conversation as well. So there's one other thing that Josh said that really spoke to me, specifically around how much there is to do. One of the biggest things that I wish I knew starting out was to figure out your workflow early on. Because a product, I was a content marketer for years, and content marketing is, is not necessarily an easy job, but you find a topic, you research about that topic, you write original great content about that topic, and then you promote it. But product marketing deals with both the product side, the development side, and the customer facing side. And there's a lot of different ways to use it. I mean, I'm constantly making videos. I'm writing content. I'm also having calls with, with customers and you know doing things like, like podcasts and things like that. So if you're moving from content marketing, which is very linear, to product marketing, which is kind of all over the place, you really have to get your daily and weekly workflow down early on if you want to have any kind of success in product marketing. The awkward truth is that if you're listening to these podcasts for a quick hack to copy and paste into your own processes, you're going to walk away disappointed. Whether it's on product, content, growth, media marketing, whatever it is, when things are piecemeal and not structured, it's difficult to move the needle. This comes up again and again in almost every one of these podcast interviews. It's not about the hacks. You need to have a general strategy, and to implement that, you need a process. So sit down and think, where are you going? What it is that you actually need to move? Build it out slowly, form the habits, and stick to it. Try to make pizza a prominent part of it. It works really, really well for me. Anyway, you can learn more about GIST's marketing automation tools at getgist.com. You can learn more about presidents with fantastic facial hair on wikipedia.com. I'll drop a link to that in the episode description. And you can learn a little bit more about what it is that your podcast app does when it hits the end of an episode by waiting three, two, one.